I bid you welcome. I want to play a game. Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. Let them see what kind of a person I am. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Hey folks, my name is Will. My name is Yaz. And welcome to the Monster Monday podcast. This is the weekly podcast where myself and Yaz talk about a horror film every single week. And Yaz, why do we talk about horror films? Because the monsters in film aren't as scary as the monsters in real life. And I can very vividly remember you first mentioning this film to me and we bought the Blu-ray of it. And you were like, Will, it's a killer dress movie. And I was expecting (laughs) a dress with like googly eyes on it, like attacking people in the middle of the night and, you know, stuffing them into wardrobes with a, an axe and things like that. But that's it's not what I got within Fabric. So, yes, wh- why did you decide that this was a film worth adding to the wheel? Because you were the one who added it. I heard about it on a famous horror podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, that sounds really interesting. I'm trying to broaden my horror horizons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we saw it on offer in a, in a shop. Mm-hmm. We bought it yeah. and decided to watch it, and I just thought it was so beautifully strange and weird <laughs> Yeah. Um, that I just kind of fell in love with it. It's, it's A lot of the time you have very little idea what's going on. I mean, you can follow <laughs> the narrative, but because it's all so strange, it's, it's very much like... Um, I'd say it's definitely inspired by um, Suspiria by Dario Argento. Yes. Yeah. Um, very much got that vibe. Like, I, I don't know when it's set, but it kind of looks like it's set in the 70s, but mm. modern day. Yeah. Too. Like, it's very, yeah. Yeah, it's got a weird mis- mishmash of time periods and, and uh, fashion styles and different wallpaper and furniture and But then technology. they have really modern washing machines but folks today we're talking about in fabric which is I think is, is the the term has been coined prestige horror which is basically horror but a bit slower paced a bit stranger and you tend to google what on earth just happened once you've watched the film like an art house film yeah it's very art house ish isn't it yeah because rather than a straight up slasher yeah because this is a, a Curzon release which is a British um upmarket film distributor even our blu-ray is like a curzon uh curzon release it's got a weird banner and stuff like that around it and this comes to us from director peter strickland who full disclosure no idea what his back catalogue is that like he's done films that i've heard of like duke of burgundy uh, and um it's about it really that in terms of stuff that i've seen i i'm not very well acquainted at all with his with his filmography that's because my ignorance uh, coming through but it's got a really good cast um a lot of uh, recognizable british staples as well really strange british offbeat sense of humor so yeah when i was watching it i was like this has got a very british sense of humor yeah. would people in other countries not naming any names america find the humour in this film, would they understand it? Or would mm. they just think, oh, this is just a strange film? Because it is a horror comedy. Yeah, but, but yeah, is this just how the British react to horror? Like, you know, Americans, we, we run away. We run away from the monsters, but we just have weird, strange conversations and we have strange things happening to us that we don't bother to tell anybody about because we don't want to be full. Push we don't, it, push it under the carpet. Yeah, exactly. We don't, <laughs> so we don't want to be any bother. We don't want yeah. to, yeah, yeah. The, the strange, these strange things are happening to me, but it's, it's fine. It's, it's okay. The dress is It'll right. go away. The, It'll yeah. go. The dress, or, or just return the dress. You know what? I'm actually causing too much trouble by returning the dress. I'll keep the dress because I don't want to upset the stuff, the shop staff. Don't want to upset them. So yeah, this is a, a killer dress movie, or at least that's how... It was initially. It initially was sold to me. Like you've recently watched Killer Sofa, and yes. I was kind of. Yeah. And it's a, if you've seen the trailer, it is just a, a recliner armchair with like devil eyes, and it walks around and it kills people with its springs and stuff. Like at least that's from the trailer. That's what I was expecting from In Fabric. So <laughs> yeah, no, two very very different films. Would you recommend Killer Sofa? Um, if you're after uh. Just a very quick flick that is <laughs> laughable and 
it's it's not scary. It's <laughs> um it's fun. It's like a fun B movie. Mm. Um, it's not take don't take it seriously. I mean, it's a killer sofa. Yeah, yeah. Um, I... just sit back and watch. Can I make a prediction about... This is a random tangent. Can I make a prediction about Killer Sofa based on the trailer? Is it possessed by a demon which is meant to represent the, the deadly sin of sloth? Is it is that is that a thing? Shake your head or nod, depending for the podcast listeners who don't want spoilers. Or have I misinterpreted it? Okay, Yaz is doing a 50-50 gesture with her hands. So I'm going to take that as a 100% positive result. Anyway. No, I don't really think it's a demon. It's just an evil sofa. No, some it is it has been possessed by something. Okay, okay then. Okay, it's been possessed by a very lazy bloke, that's my guess. Anyway, in fabric. In fabric, killer dress movie or a strange satire about consumerism, you decide. Uh, as or could it be both? Oh, it could be both. I like films that are both. So, in the description below, as usual, we do have timestamps. So, you'll be able to listen to us talk about In Fabric in a relatively non-spoiler capacity. That stuff mainly surrounding the first half of the film. And then in the timestamps below, you'll see where we go into a spoiler section where we're going to be talking about the weird, unexpected directions that In Fabric goes in. So, for now, folks, let's talk about In Fabric. <laughs> So In Fabric follows Sheila, played by Marianne Jean-Baptiste, who has recently separated from her husband and is looking after their teenage son, Vince. And she works as a bank teller, very kind of an unrewarding job, and she's looking for love in one of those old-fashioned newspaper columns where you... They're, they're like Lonely Hearts columns, aren't they? And I think yeah. back in the day, they used to have to send off physical media to each other yes <laughs> to yeah be like are you interested yes I, where, where you'd have to like go to a special dedicated booth in a shopping center and they've got the backdrop and they take pictures of you and they film you and you say i'm 30 years old with a zest for life and i want to meet the right woman well this one they kind of um have a, a certain serial number and bounce off and send each other letters or phone calls and, and a little picture of themselves there's no Mm -hmm. fascinating love take there. Yeah, unfortunately. I think there's comedic potential being missed there. And she, yeah, so she's trying to find love on these dates and she's trying to find the perfect outfit for the date. She goes to a shopping centre, she goes to a clothes shop during the January sales where, you know, it's after Christmas but everyone still wants people buying stuff so they just slash all the prices and she buys this very elegant, very lovely red dress with a like a weird black pattern. Uh, uh, I don't know what you'd it's call a, it. It's a little um, stitch pattern. Embellishment, like it's embroidery, like oh, yeah. a little embroidery um, piece. Mm -hmm. So she buys the dress for this date. Date doesn't go well. Talk about that in a minute. But she uh, she keeps a hold of the dress, and very strange things start happening with her. Strange things start happening surrounding her son, who's also bringing home a new girlfriend, uh, Gwen, played by Gwendolyn Christie. And she's acting very strange as well. And yeah, that's I think that's kind of where we'll leave the plot talk about in Fabric, because the plot takes very interesting and strange directions. But let's talk about the very strange shop that she goes to to buy these, to buy this dress. Yeah, so... The people that run the shop are very secretive, mm -hmm. kind of like a coven. Yeah. Um, they're very strange. Yeah, they 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 seem to treat just the act of consumerism and buying and purchasing and browsing as some sort of weird ritual act. Yeah. Like a religion. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's not quite as in your face as lush, 
But it's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're. I mean, if you're in this supermarket, you'll be actually browsing stuff and looking before they approach you. Yeah. You walk into Lush, <laughs> and they throw a bath bomb at you. <laughs> that's that's no hate on Lush. Oh, I do yeah. like Lush. Yeah. And, um, so, and sometimes they're very helpful. Yeah, and I I have worked in a Lush, you know. Um, <laughs> so you, yeah, you can say it. It, it is embarrassing that you have to do that sometimes and not everybody likes it but anyway that's their model um <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah and you've got this um kind of like the 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 main woman who's uh, at the counter and helping people to to shop around uh, mrs luckmore played by fatma muhammad who was in uh, strickland's previous films they've collaborated quite a lot together and she's got this really interesting lyrical way of talking and like normally you just say you know did you have a good time in the shop today she says direct quote did the transaction validate your paradigm of consumerism and it's like what can you speak english please this is i don't know what you mean well i just want to leave like five be, stars on yelp please not to be funny but that is english it is okay she's just talking in a very um elongated way mm. elaborate way yeah yeah the hesitation in your voice soon to be an echo in the recesses of the spheres of retail but it adds to the so they don't feel human so she's not talking in a human way is she yeah so think it's to add to that kind of suspense and to make things a bit weirder mm. and a bit like what is going on yeah yeah like if somebody spoke to you like that in a shop you'd just be like um it was fine <laughs> yeah i was like can i just pay please mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine 60 percent vanished from this sensational garment in apprehension slide the crevices of clarity isn't it a little risque? A provocation. For what else must one wear? I'm just going on a date. A date? Well, and what kind of date? Food and drinks? Food and drinks, yeah. An embellishment of occasion, for instance, but also the emphasis of comfort and pleasure. Thus, you will destroy two birds with a stone. They have these weird adverts on TV, which is just... There's no, like, narration, it's just the word sale flashing on screen, followed by images of the staff, like, doing this come here, come to us gesture with their arms and, like, stretched yeah, outwards. Yeah, it's quite hypnotic, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a hypnosis through the TV screen, yeah. almost. I've seen quite a few people compare this film to, like, a feature-length ASMR, and I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's inaccurate especially because me and you we watched this film today and we just felt very tired afterwards and it's Relaxed. yeah yeah, it's, well, like... <laughs> yeah even though it's like a horror comedy it's a film you can just kind of zone out to and yeah you just yeah you can actually yeah we did just sit there and just like zone out watching this film just like our minds were on charge in the back somewhere <laughs> it was yeah yeah <laughs> we're, we're, we're um, running a background program while we were yeah. doing other stuff yeah yeah it, it's it's got a, a really weird strange sensibility to it and there's just some inherent creepy stuff in the shop as well like the mannequins and because they're, they, they're like mannequins from the 60s and 70s where their like fingers are particularly elongated and they have weird proportions and faces and this was apparently inspired by Peter Strickland's childhood where his mum would take him uh, in a pram into a shopping centre, into a clothes shop and obviously he doesn't know what's going on, he doesn't want to be there. And one time he was just like, while his mum was looking at something, his pram was left underneath like a mannequin, like looming over him and that really freaked him out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, that partially has inspired the creation of this film. Uh, it's almost like, not to always make this comparison, but it's also like the Autons from Doctor Who, the shop window dummies that like move and freak people well, out. there's something very scary about like mannequins and dummies like they really freak me out if they're too human looking mm. they're really freaky if they don't look human enough they're really freaky yeah yeah and it's just like you know like those awful dummies you get in museums that you say oh my god they're the worst <laughs> for me like yeah. i ref i literally refuse to go in certain museums <laughs> because they have those dummies there they're just terrifying yeah and like even when they're more or less like accurate because the odd different 
feature can really throw you off. Like we were watching The Love Witch the other day, which is uh, another like new recent favorite film of yours. And she's got a, a head where she puts her wigs on and the eye is just <laughs> off center. And it really freaked me out just looking at that. Um, what do you go? I, I want to say a bust, but it's just the head. Is that accurate? It was, it was just like a wig stand. Yeah. Like a, yeah. A mannequin head. Yeah. But she, uh, Sheila is drawn to this, a uh, beautiful flowing red dress which seems to change sizes based on whoever needs to wear it. It's meant to be a 36. No idea what that's in relation to, but no matter who wears it over the course of the film, it fits them perfectly. And you were like, that's a really nice dress. It is a nice dress. I do like it. Mm. Yeah. As someone who primarily shops on geeky websites and sometimes Primark for my jeans, I it's lost on me, I'm afraid. It's not my, it's not my type of, of attire. But it's it's a nice looking red dress, which does really weird things at night. Like it's uh, it's on a hanger in the wardrobe and it's scraping back and forth, waking Sheila up. It starts floating around uh, and moving on its own, like almost like a jellyfish at the bottom of the ocean, sort of like yeah. flowing as it's being dragged by presumably a production assistant on a piece of string off camera. Yeah, this film is very beautifully shot. It's mm. like aesthetically pleasing. It is a beautiful like looking film. It is, yeah. And this is where my geekiness comes. I love how it's it's filmed in 16mm and that means it's I, a little bit of grain on the on the lenses on the image which means that like it just does have that vintage old time feel yeah which and cuz the film you said the washing machines seem very modern but the TVs are something like out of the out of the 70s yeah and the uh, decor is very seems very 70s and yeah, yeah it's it, just all it's a weird film where it's it doesn't have a concrete sense of time it kind of transcends time yeah it yeah in a way. but the the shop assistants wear like uniform black like made gown outfits. They look like very Victorian. Yeah, that's it's almost something from a completely different century. And uh, in particular, you've got Miss Luckmore. I think all of the staff have got elaborate hairstyles, but she's got like, this big bouffant, if that's the term. Yeah, we'll go for that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go. You feel free to correct me as someone who knows nothing about hair. But one of them's got like a a, a Bride of Frankenstein haircut as well, with like. <laughs> Uh, hair which like jets out towards the back uh, it, it seems very like it's a it's a completely different universe in a sense it's yeah it's a, they're very ostentatious aren't they yeah. in the way they look there's there's like a grandeur about them mm. um but it's these women who are selling very 70s 60s 80s clothes like it, it's well, it's like what they are wearing is not remotely the stuff that they're selling. No. Yeah, it it would be like going into Lush and they're talking about all their products, but they're selling Lynx Africa. (laughs) <laughs> it's it, yeah it's it's or what what was the American equivalent? Oh oh yeah we recently you, you I recently told me found about this. Out. I think Axe Lynx is Axe in America. Uh, yeah yeah so for our American listeners and we know there's a few of you, it would be like going into a fragrance shop and they're selling you Axe body spray. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 what they are wearing and how they act is very different from the stuff that they're selling. You also have this really weird um, older guy as well who hardly, he only gets like one scene where he's actually speaking, where he actually has dialogue. But he's the, like the elderly owner, possibly like the manager in charge of the shop. Yeah, he seems like the leader of the cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they do some very strange things at the end of um, office hours shall we say. They certainly do. Yeah, and stuff that I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this in the actual spoiler segment because the, that scene was cut down significantly for <laughs> ratings purposes. So the stuff that was actually going to happen after that scene takes place, there was going to be more to it, which oh. would have been, been very interesting. So they do some weird rituals behind the scenes, including but not limited to menstruating mannequins. So I'm just going to leave that image in your mind for the folks who haven't been, uh, who, who, who maybe don't have uh, any plans to see this film. Let's talk about the weird um, dates that Sheila goes on. Well, I, she goes on this one weird date where she goes to um, a Greek restaurant. No, was it? Um, I'm not sure. They just go to a restaurant. I'm not yeah. sure if it's specified. Okay. They go to a nice restaurant, but even the, the waiters there, even though they're... I don't think they're associated with this weird shopping cult. 
they still have they still share a lot of the lines of dialogue. What is your lucky order today? Um, they both say instantly when they're asked like if I uh, when they're given their request like oh can I get this please instantly and then they just stay stood there for a minute. Yeah, that yeah. could definitely be a comment on consumerism and greed and capitalism. Hmm. But um, yeah. <laughs> that's a bit of a deep dive yeah, so to we'll, go into. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that in, uh, a little bit later on. But yeah, so she goes on this date with... Um, uh, she, we hear the voicemail message of... What's oh, it, it's... Um, Adonis. Yes, Adonis, but it's on a answering machine it's not a voicemail it's Sorry, an answering yep. answering machine we are, and you're correct we we absolutely because we see the the big box that's next to the phone that they used to have um technology is weird sometimes um but well, you was alive when there was still answering machines it's just it was built into the phone oh yeah it was it was built into the phone but i don't i think it was before my time where you'd have a phone in your house and next to the phone was this massive oh brick. yeah that was before our time yeah, yeah that was but we still had answering machines no, but my my um my um elderly auntie auntie margaret she had no joke a rotary dial phone <laughs> so when she was like oh well can you like ring someone for me i was i don't know i don't know how these things i just you stick your finger you, in the hole and you have to turn it all the way around it. yeah and then it has yeah. to go back and you have to do that for all like 10 <laughs> digits or 12 <laughs> digits but it's like i do, what what if i've done one wrong and i end up ringing ikea or something i don't know well, then really, you'll be on the phone right, so ikea but it's one of those things that i've seen and i've seen on tv it's like a, uh, like macintosh raincoats like people on tv and, and films wear them but i've never seen them in real life have you ever seen anyone wear a macintosh no i mean like a big yellow one like a, a comically yellow one. Oh right yeah i have actually seen uh -huh. but not in like a full length one just no. like a one with a hood and that mm. anyway she also on a date with adonis uh, and he says on his on the answering machine says um, I'm the I'm tall, slim, short back and sides, haircut, and I've been wearing a rose. And this guy turns up, bit big, bald head. It's not short back and sides. He opens up a briefcase and takes out a limp rose that's yeah. like broken in the middle. So like, here you go. And he, this is such a fun performance. It's very good because like he's the type of guy. I think it's a bit of a thankless role because it's just one scene. You underplay everything. But he's very funny. Very funny. He's like, and she's, um, and Sheila's trying to get him to um, instigate a conversation, trying to get something out of him. And she's like, so, do you dance? No, not now, you know. I've got a sprained got, ankle. got a sprained ankle. And she's oh. like, no, I, I mean, you know, like, do you like to dance at all? <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, yeah. yeah, it's really deadpan, isn't it? Yeah. Monotone. Your, your, um, your advert said that you love to laugh. What at? Funny things. <laughs> yeah. what, what is the, what is this? Uh, an exam? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get the actor because he, he's played by Anthony. He's played by Anthony Adjicum, and he's he, he's actually in a couple of films that I have seen, but he must only have um, supporting roles in them. He's in he's in Stardust. He's in the festival. He's in Primeval. This guy should be in more stuff. He's he's he seems like a riot. So you like dancing then? Not tonight. I sprained my ankle. Oh, I didn't mean tonight, just in general. You like dancing? Yeah. It says in your Lonely Hearts advertisement that you like laughing. Yeah. What kind of things? Funny things. What about cooking? Uh, what is this, an exam? And she goes on this date, and I think she's a little bit jealous of her son, Vince, played by um, Jagan Aya, who is uh, seeing this uh, this very strange woman uh, called Gwen, uh, played by Gwendolyn Christie, and she um, hears them making uh, making sexual noises in the in the bedroom, and the strange art that she's drawing, and she's... Well, that, that her son's drawing of her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, I, and it seems like she's... I don't. I don't want to say she's jealous, but it's like no. It's, it's like she's wondering. I see it as like she's wondering where her youth has gone. Yeah. Like there's this woman that is now 
having sex with her child yeah. and she's like oh my god but she's also missing out on it she's like i should be doing this not, yeah. not my son yeah and it, it's it doesn't get a lot of screen time in the film but it, it is also i think just the idea of i'm not the only woman in his life now basically yeah. and that that whole loss of control which comes from many other aspects of her life like her love life she's she's recently divorced she doesn't really. Uh, she's not very well respected at work. They bring her in for a meeting at work, and she's like, been, and she's um, accused of clocking out too early because she goes to the, she goes to the toilet before clocking out, and two minutes at the end of every day can add up to four hundred minutes a year, and stuff. I like mean, that. it really is having a deeper conversation, really, about capitalism and consumerism. Mm. Um, you know, thankfully. Where I work, it's not like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can imagine it'd be like that at some places, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't surprise me. But it's also framed in this really friendly, informal, um, like these informal meetings, these sit downs yeah, like, with the like two my bosses. Friends, you can tell us anything, yeah. kind of thing. You know, we're here you if know, you ever yeah. want to talk, if you have any concerns, but also don't clock out early because you know, it, it, if it's just a one-off, we don't mind. Yeah, but because you're clocking out early, there must be something wrong. So you need to talk to us about it. Maybe yeah. we can help. Yeah, and they also really want to hear what people's dreams have been like recently. But these two, they're uh, Stash and Clive, played by uh, Julian Barrett and Steve Oram, respectively, and. I've I've seen uh, Julian Barrett in a lot. He's one half of uh, the Mighty Boosh, isn't he? he yeah, is, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, that's where it's primarily where I know him from. But these two are really funny. I, but it's yeah, it's this really strange. Um, it is a British sensibility. I don't think you'd get any scenes like this in in other countries um, where it, they're trying to sugarcoat this. That oh, we're, we're friends here, even though we could fire you at any second now, and we want to. But we're also your bosses, and we wear suits and stuff, where we sit you down and we give you a grilling, even though we don't want it. To, we don't want it to be seen as grilling yet. So, how are things going? Do you feel on top of things at the moment? Yeah, I think so. We didn't see you at the Christmas bowling the other week. Oh, I think I had a lot on with my son that night. Hmm. Interesting. Sheila, Pete Mathenson spoke to us uh, the other day. Now. He's really impressed with how you're all doing, lots of good feedback. Um, yeah, he also noticed how attuned you were to the Wangel's wavelength. Yeah. Uh, one thing he flagged with us, though, um, he wasn't sure about your handshake. Um, Pete thinks you're doing really well, likes the way you smell as well. But to tell you the truth, uh, the handshake did come up, and Pete commented on how perhaps it wasn't meaningful enough. Now, Sheila, Pete wanted you to have this article here. Um, it's about the importance of a meaningful handshake. Sure, I'll take a look. It's written in a fun, easy language, and there's a cartoon at the end that summarises the key points. Sheila, if you want, we'd be happy to try out a role-play scenario which involves handshaking. It doesn't have to be a bank scenario. We have a range of costumes we could all try on. It's OK, I'll practice at home. Mm. But if, if you were just listening to our podcast with no idea of what In Fabric was or the directions it goes in, you'd probably hear us talking about this and think, where's the horror? Like this is this is this is kind of billed as a horror comedy, and it's the killer dress movie. What on earth is going on? But it it is way it's subtler slow, than that. It's so suspenseful horror. It's not like it's it's like um it's not like in your face mm. horror. It's more of a like a giallo type horror. Um, it's a thriller. It's a mystery. You're trying to work out, plain detective, what's what's going on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. piecing things together, um, in this very serious. Yeah, it's like a a mixture of like Suspiria and. No, it's a mixture of Suspiria and Meadowhall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but as as someone who has not seen Suspiria, it's on the list. It's on the wheel, so hopefully we'll get around to that Can't at some believe point. You've not seen it. I, what can I say? I'm basic, which is why I don't shop at these elaborate places. But yeah, it's th- there's a few like quote unquote horror scenes or like setups where oh she's been wearing the dress but she's got this weird rash on her, um, or the the dress almost suffocates uh, Gwendolyn Christie one night when she's um, get, being intimate with Vince. But I think the goriest that the film gets is when the dress is in a washing machine and it like possesses the washing machine and it they plug it and it's still spinning and it's going out of control and she's trying to move it and it like 
cut cuts her arm open and there's quite a lot of blood and stuff. But yeah, it, it, yeah. But it's it's it. Yeah, it's a weird horror film. It's I. It's not particularly scary, in my opinion. I didn't even find it that suspenseful. It's just, it's something which uses horror tropes and themes. But I, you kind of like lay back, like on a wave, and it cascades you up and down as you <laughs> as you watch it. Basically, it, it kind of taps into um, like a thriller more, doesn't it? Like you try yeah. to work out what's going on. Yeah, and, and the supernatural um, elements and stuff like that, yeah. more cultish. Yeah, yeah, and just also just weird offbeat imagery as well. Like yeah. I mentioned, the the menstruating mannequin, and also because what it does for story structure as well. Because halfway through in Fabric, we'll talk about this in the spoiler section. It almost becomes an entirely different film. It almost becomes in Fabric too. Yeah. More or less, like, oh, what did the dress do next? It, it's a, it's an interesting one, um, almost like um, like Twilight Zone anthology esque. So I think we've reached our limit on what we can talk about without getting into spoilers in the second half of In Fabric. But before we get into the spoiler section, yes, no, recommend it? Yeah, of course. Yeah? Um, yeah. Even for people who maybe like their horror, maybe a bit more, um, uh, you know, a bit more down to earth, a little bit more... Um, mainstream. Well, I, I don't even want to... Because th- mainstream almost sounds like a derogatory term. No, I'm but not like, using it as a derogatory no. term. I'm just saying people who aren't necessarily invested in horror yeah. too much or people who... Uh, like, not your casual horror flick person or people that are not into strange supernatural things. Yeah, maybe some people who, who maybe prefer your slashes or your... This is, it's definitely more of an art house feel. So if you're not into... I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's not. Yeah, yeah. If you're not into art house, I mean, for a lot of people, it's very... It's just too weird. Yeah. Um, then I wouldn't recommend it. But... Hmm. But yeah, I, th- I, think it, I think it's good. If yeah. you like, like your Suspiria and, and strange kind of supernatural horror i would i'd definitely check this out mm. but yeah yeah i think it's good i i enjoyed it it's it it is a, it's a very weird film and we're watching we're watching it on our recent uh rewatch and just like this this seems a bit weird isn't it like, like yeah you are like oh my god it's very strange but i need to keep watching yeah. like it's very like yeah. Like, oh, what is happening? Like I say, you really do just kind of zone out and just go with it. You're just like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. And this is happening now, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't look away, but this is so strange. It's 70s colour palettes and so it's hard to watch, but it's interesting. So yeah, let's get talking about spoilers for In Fabric and we're going to try and ask ourselves, what does it all mean? Look. What do you think? It's all right, yeah. Wash this thing out, it could be all right on me. You like me, innit? Yeah. Maybe try it with some tights. Why? Well, I don't know, it's, it's a bit nippy out there. I told you a million times they make my legs itch. You don't need anything else with this. It's fine by itself, look. Where did Clipper get it from? Some shopper over, I don't know. Size 36. How come you fit into it? Yeah. You listening? I like it, yeah. You don't get it, do you? How comes you fit into a size 36? Okay, so Sheila does get a a good result from her Lonely Hearts uh, column, from her Lonely Hearts advert. She meets Zach, played by Barry Adamson, who uh, seems like a nice guy. They go uh, they go walking out in the countryside and a dog attacks Sheila and rips the dress, but the dress is fine the next day. Weird stuff well, happens. Well, dogs sense bad things, don't they? Exactly. It's quite a vicious dog attack, actually. Mm. It's very, like, you're like, oh, yeah, it's a very, stop, stop. It's a very vicious dress by the sounds of it, you yeah. know? Yeah. But yeah, and I think they mentioned something about the dog having to be put down afterwards. Yeah, well, once yeah you do. Once a dog is bitten, a human that tends to be the law. Yeah, that's not good. But anyway, but it's the dress. The dog was in the right. The dog was in the right. So yeah. Anyway, um, Sheila tries to return the dress, but is is refused, and she walks away. And she's driving, 
to try and spend... She's driving on her way to spend the night with Zack, but she finds uh, random mannequins at the side of the road, then a mannequin in the middle of the road. She swerves to avoid it, crashes the car, and she's dead. And that's halfway through the film. And that's halfway through the film. And you're like, oh, Oh. um, okay, where's this going now? Our main character has just Just died. died. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't expect... After having quite a few accidents, like she's had her arm lacerated, she's had a dog bite her legs, Mm -hmm. you know, she's been bandaged, she's having weird dreams, the Mm -hmm. dress keeps floating about, the washing machine like exploding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. but it's interesting you mentioned the washing machine because when she's having a conversation with her bosses, they offhandedly mention, oh, we had our washing machine done by uh, by a company down the road. They do very good work. And randomly, the second half of the film follows washing machine repairman who works with that company, Reg Speaks, played by Leo Bill, who has recently become engaged to Babs, played by Hayley Squires, and he's on his stag night, and somebody, one of his friends, has been to a charity shop, bought the dress, because it's been like found at the scene of the crime, and, okay, all the evidence has been looked at, we'll give it to a charity shop, buys the dress so you can wear it on the stag night, wakes up the next morning with a rash... Babs takes a liking to the dress and starts wearing it. And then we're basically, for the second half of the film, we've got In Fabric, the sequel, where <laughs> it's like, here's a new couple, here's a new household where I can do weird stuff now. And Yeah, and that... they start having strange dreams. And yeah. Like, almost zoning out themselves, going on monologues about washing machines yeah. and washing machine parts. and. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a weird one. Cause I've actually I've I've done the cardinal sin and I've tried to like Google like what on earth is all of that? What is all that about? But it is just basically this guy just has a weird supernatural ability where if he talks about washing machine repairs, people near him have weird like orgasmic states of ecstasy, <laughs> which is very strange, including including his fiance and the bank the bank managers because he goes to get a loan because he. The dress gets put in the washing machine, destroys the washing machine, and he tries to repair it, but because he didn't put it on the books or something, he's fired, which is a bit of a dick move. And, and the boss is funny as well. He, boss never says never a word. Speaks. Asks for his card to be handed over, his like ID card for the job, and he just eats it and just stares at him for like 30 seconds. <laughs> and it's just these unbroken shots, just looking, they're staring at each other for like 20 seconds, and it's very strange. Yeah, he loses his job, tries to apply for a loan, and the guys are like, oh, yeah, if you could tell us about, you know, the uh, what could the problem be with our washing machine, then we might, you know, reduce the interest on this on this loan to help you get you back on your feet. And he just starts talking, and the guys are, like, rolling their eyes back, and the proper... In ecstasy, and, yeah. It's, it's a weird film. <laughs> and it's, yeah. Reminds me of a dream Stash and I had when we put the sand dunes in the wash. Oh, yeah, that... Bypassing the spin cycle, I remember now. Was it an old machine? No, no, it's brand new. Wasn't it, Stash? Yeah, very strange. Did you check the belt if it was broken or loose? That could have been the problem with it. That's what we were wondering, but maybe it was something else. What do you think, Reg? It's probably a problem with the wigwag and its rotational pull. Plungers on doors sometimes don't align with the seal, but the lid switch is often to blame. The inner tub might have sustained serious dents, resulting in the belt drive loosening or coming off. But that's usually a problem with older machines. The lid switch and its actuator, the motor coupler or door lock assembly are the first things to check when a new machine bypasses the spin cycle. Um, But yeah, Babs uh, wears the dress, uh, but she won't wear it with tights, um, which is a bit of an issue for Reg because he walks past the shop and sees... um, mannequin legs with tights on them and he has a fetish clearly mm. for tights but i she... think it's like a the film is like tapping into like everybody's got a fetish somehow and like mm. you know consumerism and the brits don't like to talk about sex so it's a very shocking mm. kind of film to watch if you're not if very you're... open yeah, and, yeah 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 um and one night, the you know Babs and uh, Reg are laying in bed, and they've got a little canary in in a cage um, by the bed. I don't. Is it a canary? It's a little yellow bird. 
not a budgie. It could be a budgie. Either way. Either way, it's a little bird. It might be a canary, actually. Yeah, a little, little yellow bird. And one night, the dress just goes on top of the of the cage, and the bird wakes up dead the next day, asphyxiated. Yeah. Mm, a canary in the coal mine. And they think that, you know, it could be carbon monoxide poisoning or something from the gas heater. Um, Babs goes to the shop again. She's wearing the dress. Uh, the attendant there is trying to get her to not shop there, but she probably doesn't want the dress there. I'd... Yeah, she sees her wearing yeah. the red dress. And, yeah. yeah. And, and which is something that Babs kind of interprets as, like, am I too common to shop here or something? She's shopping for a dress in the changing room. Meanwhile, Reg goes back home after applying for his bank loan because he's lost his job and just falls asleep watching the adverts for the shopping centre on the TV screen while the well, dress he, he is... doesn't fall asleep. He gets hypnotised kind he... of by the um, TV, but if you notice, the flame turns orange. Yes. So he starts getting poisoned by yeah. carbon monoxide. Yeah, so the dress has done something to the boiler because at one point, for some reason, Babs puts the dress on top while she's adjusting the heating. So yeah, and he, he gets poisoned in the house while Babs uh, is killed in the shopping centre because the dress falls on top of a heater while she's in the changing room. She gets locked in the changing rooms as a fight breaks out between some customers because they pushed in, in the, the queue. Becomes a full-blown riot and they start looting the shop. Shop burns down and then um, in the wreckage in the burnt-out shop... Um, a fireman is walking around the destroyed shop and finds the dress completely undamaged, which is, you know, he know he knows it's cursed. <laughs> <laughs> if if there's one thing that survived through a massive inferno, that's the thing that caused the inferno, and it's cursed. But as this is happening, we see one of the the main shop assistant. She is now bald because <laughs> yes, she's, she's wearing a wig. Yes. Um, she's cradling a mannequin and going down in a little. Could be whole. Shaft? It's like it, it's like a little. Yeah, it's what you it's what you'd use in like posh houses to like, um, get. It's I don't know what it's like a little. What are they pl- called? I forget what it's They've like. Got a, a name, haven't they? It's like a little platform. Is it dumb waiter. Oh, it could be actually dumb waiter. Yeah, or something like that, isn't it? It is. You got it right. Yeah. Right, first try. Yeah. So yeah, there's a dumb waiter in in there, and she just like hides inside it trying to save this mannequin and we see as she looks out the first woman that wore the red dress yeah, th- is tied to the tied to a sewing machine by her hand mm-hmm. but like inside of her hand there's like red mm. thread coming yeah. out she's she's, she's the um, original model of the dress yeah. in the catalogue who died under mysterious and circumstances then, and she's like sewing through a sewing machine a red dress and then we go down another level and we see uh, Sheila. Sheila. Mm. And then we go down another level and we see Reg. And then we go down another level and we see Babs. Mm-hmm. Then we go down and there's like two empty slots. Yes. <laughs> so basically this is hell. And, uh, and it, because the threads that they're using uh, for the red dress are hooked up uh, seemingly to their arms or to their hands, in the catalogue the colour of the dress is called artery. Artery red. Yeah, which yeah. I think is very clever. The domestic patients have compromised our transport department store. Get out, please. The domestic patients have compromised our Well, I basically interpreted that as hell. it's the idea of just them descending downwards and you know their sins and their vanity or something there's a recurring theme of the weird like attitude and behavior of the shoppers who attend like maybe they're hypnotized by the sales and uh, and everything on tv and they're like gathered outside of the glass doors waiting for them to open for some reason they open at night it's a, I, I, I think they open at night. Either way, it's dark outside. It could be very early in the morning because it is January uh, or, you know, late afternoon. And they're waiting for the shop to open. Kind of like um, when you see Apple launch phones like at midnight and those people outside queuing up and waiting for the product launch. Um, because the idea that... Or the, like the next 
sales that's like people start queuing at like 3 a.m. Yeah. Because it opens at 6 a.m. Or the crack of dawn on Boxing Day, people are at the sales and stuff like that. And yeah, and yeah that that's a good comparison, I think, because this is January. It's Christmas. You've done all your buying. What? Why are you still out at the shops? getting all of the sales and stuff so this is a question i ask myself every christmas time mm-hmm. william because as somebody who works in retail i <laughs> always wonder why people have not had enough of getting things um anyway putting the mic <laughs> putting the microphone through its paces um but yeah it's yeah, I think the shop is kind of like a honey trap, basically. And like, well, we're going to tempt you in with sales and we're going to... Uh, the These clothes are perfect for you. Yeah, and they're, they're like sacrifices, some... aren't they? They're like sacrificial lambs that come through the door. Yeah, and it's it's. I think it's... Like Sheila, she's in a very uh, unrewarding job. Reg is in an unrewarding job. Uh, Babs is in a marriage which... Uh, she enjoys the talk of, um, of washing machines, but I don't think... I think, like... Um, they seem like a very odd pair. Like if yeah. you'd look at them both, and it's like, oh, I wonder why those two are together. And but they've been together since they were kids, by the sounds yeah, of it. They've been so. engaged for like nearly fifteen years, I think. It's yeah, and so they're in these kind of very unrewarding places. They are like, they're like at the bottom rung of their respective work ladders. So they go to a shop to try and feel like uh, you get you get the endorphin rush of like whenever you spend something. And in this, like, for some people, for me, it would be, like, Blu-rays and steelbooks and stuff like that. But for some people, it's fashion and it's dresses. And... I, yeah. I, shoes and shoes. clothes are my downfall. Yeah. It's this, um, it, you know, it, you could replace in fabric. You could, you could replace the dress with maybe some other vice or something. And you'd probably maybe have a very similar, uh, similar moral and messaging. But I think it's the idea that because you, um, you've give in to this temptation to buy stuff, to buy a luxury, in a really unnatural setting. Like, there's nothing natural about buying stuff and sales, if that may. It's natural. Like, what? Penguins don't trade fish for fashion. Well, no, we've made this whole sister... Oh, God, we can't go down this wormhole. Yeah, it it is a rabbit hole, but it's it's a very... Rabbit hole. I, th- I think you're right. It, it, it's a wormhole. <laughs> it's worse. It's less cute. It's less cute than a rabbit hole. But yeah, it, it's it's this really unnatural system for ourselves. Um, but it's just another. It's just another level of control, basically, where like you you're not you're still being manipulated into buying stuff through flowery language. Like there's not really that much different from what the store attendant is doing to what the bosses are doing. In like the they have a very different aesthetic and feel about it, but they're still like trying to flatter you, and they're still trying to make you feel welcome and make you feel smarter than you might actually be. But yeah, and it's and then in the end, when they've got these different levels of hell together, like they in the end, it's it's them once again just being subservient to, to a different class of people. It's weird, and it it is like cultish and ritual. It, it seems like the. There's no evidence for it in the film, but it's like it's an alien species that have heard about shopping, and they're like, "Oh, we can try that. Let's go visit this planet and give it. Let's let's make a shop and let's sell stuff. That would be fun." That's kind of the impression I get. But they also have these weird rituals. Let's talk about that weird mannequin scene. So yes, if you could, in your own words, please describe the after-hours activity of retail workers as depicted in in fabric. In this specific department store. Oh, oh, sorry, I thought it was just a general thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we regularly close up the, <laughs> the shoe shop and go downstairs and take a mannequin. And undress and it and bathe it. Sit over its head with our dress covering its face. Gently undressing and caressing the body. Just, the just, I'm just gonna. I'm just moving the microphone closer to her so she can ASMR and she can like, describe all of the lovely activities that happen to the mannequin. As as we bathe the mannequin <laughs> and caress, whilst the manager looks on, wanking. <laughs> yeah. I also want to emphasise, folks, that, that this bit is a bit of a joke, but Yas did not make a word of that up. That no, happened. that is not, that, that does happen. So, yeah, there's um, there's a really fun interview with um, Peter Strickland in Vulture, where, talking about that scene, 
and that uh, it was quite a late addition to the film and and um, he's watching them do these weird things on the mannequin and he's and, and um, the mannequin starts menstruating and stuff yeah and, and it's he, a very sexual scene and like the main shop assistant can see that the old man is stood there being pleasured yeah. by it uh, being turned on and she like dips her fingers in the blood and puts them in her mouth very sensually and stuff mm. but it's the same colour as her nails and her lipstick which is quite nice mm. it didn't look like actual blood no 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 well it's, it came from a mannequin so god knows what was in there yeah. but yes yeah, so it was a late addition to the film and what was going to happen was that uh, Mr Lundy is the name of the elderly guy he was going to ejaculate and it would land on a dress and it would become this weird pattern that becomes for sale the next day and then a customer's wi- oh, buying it. And they should have left that in. They should have done. However, the uh, Motion Picture Association of America demanded that they cut it. I don't know if there was an original cut of the film or something where um, she did more with the mannequin, but in the interview, Peter Strickland mentions that that they just flat out weren't allowed to show her licking the blood from the mannequin. Um like that, like that was gonna, that was gonna be cut entirely by the MPAA, and the interviewer says like it's a bit of a weird double standard because there are eight Saw movies where like there's so much gore and violence and stuff, but one woman licking a vagina blood off her fingers is a weird double standard, which you know well, it is. It is, yeah. I mean, everything to do with women is always a double standard Mm -hmm. we you know it's always seen as extra sensual it's extra this it's extra that it's extra provocative you know oh we can't see possibly see this yet we can see men being pleasured all the time and Mm -hmm. it's completely acceptable and menstruating blood is one of the most natural things on earth and yet it's Mm -hmm. still one of the things that people are still shocked and can't talk about yeah it's honestly crazy yeah and really stigmatized as well it's yeah you're absolutely right um apologies if you can hear some crunching one of my cats is just currently deciding to eat his tea yeah enjoy it enjoy your food mr theodore it's his birthday next week it is Mm mm-hmm so, and for his birthday, everyone listening, uh, Theo only wants one present, and that's for all of you to follow us on social media and to tell all your friends about the podcast. Yeah, that's... and to leave us a very nice five-star review. Yeah, or so... four-star. I'll be happy with four-star. No, no, Theo won't be happy with, with four-star. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Yaz will, but Theo, is, it's his birthday, and you don't want to make a, a boy sad on his birthday, do you? Anyway. A very cute boy. Yeah, cute, lovely boy. Very well-behaved. A lot of rituals and sacrifices include blood and, mm. and stuff like that. And um, a lot of witchcraft and paganism and stuff is based around um, the female body yeah. and, and, you know, stuff like that. So I think that's probably ties into it as well. Yeah. But it's, yeah, and it's why I thought this film was really interesting that the second half of it revolves around around a guy wearing what's meant to be a woman's dress and how it still perfectly fits him because that's because what the dress does and that it's like worn as a joke on a stag night and how you get one dress that the dress was like the height of opulence from a different type of like retail shop and then the next time you see it it's in a charity shop basically being given away and it's how you find these the same item in some very different places. The, the the whole like worth that we give to something, is it, it's all based on the people selling it, and it's and from all these different backgrounds, these characters as well. It's really interesting ideas being toyed around with here. So basically, I think we can all say that In Fabric thinks that the dress is great, but it's not paying a hundred pounds for it. No way, no how. It's not worth it to go to hell. <laughs> that, that, that was how I it's, read it. It's definitely, um, it's got some serious themes, but it definitely doesn't take itself too seriously. Oh, it's yeah. very funny. Yeah. Um, its tongue is firmly in its cheek throughout, <laughs> throughout the duration of it. And it. It knows how silly some of these concepts are. It doesn't try to punch it, punch above its own weight in a sense. It's not trying to trick you into thinking that washing machine discourse is actually very very sexy washing machines have long gone with cow gone <laughs> <laughs> we're not endorsed by them by the way that we're, was not an ad <laughs> <laughs> hashtag not sponsored 
But it is a film with a lot on its mind. And going back to that Vulture interview with Peter Strickland, he's talking about how like the idea of the, the ritual and the opulence of... of um, of buying things and purchasing clothes in this case. He was talking about how, like, when he used to work in retail, he was advertised a job to stack shelves at night, but the title of the job was called, and I quote, Twilight Replenishment Operative. <laughs> For God's sake. And how they're trying, in, um, in, I don't know what, con I think, because he's English, so he might be referring to England, saying that right now they're trying to increase the retirement age to 75, and the, the government have the hashtag, hashtag age confidence and it's trying to like sell these ideas as something more it's using flowery language and, mili yeah, and manipulating us yeah. into thinking that it's something good when actually it isn't i mean i looked at my pension statement and i currently can retire at the ripe old age of 68 um 68 is the new 78 so <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like we're not made to work this hard like we should be enjoying life a bit more i think that's the most important things but unfortunately most of us can't do that because we can't afford anything mm. so we have to work our butts off but, and work in jobs that we necessarily don't want to do for mm. the rest of our lives and to keep food on the table, to keep us in housing. Mm -hmm. These these things should be free, mm -hmm. personally, I think. Yeah. But... Like, who decided, like, one day to wake up and just be like, we used to all build our own houses. Like, who decided that, like, you know, we need to wake up one day and suddenly we need 40 grand for a deposit for a house? <laughs> like, what is this? Madness. It's all made up, Will. It's all made up. Yeah, well, money's not Just even... like a Twilight Replenishment Officer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, money isn't real. You know, abolish all of it. Anyway, this is this podcast became very radical all of a sudden. I think we need to step back before we before we alienate everyone. It's not. It's just... I, it's I, not I, radicalism. <laughs> it's just wanting the best for everybody. We all deserve the same amount. We all work just as hard. It's just some people get paid more than others. Yeah. Anyway, so... But as we've seen through the pandemic, the essential workers are mm -hmm. people in those lower-paid jobs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think those, those uh, essential workers, they... Definitely deserve that one percent wage increase. Oh, that, God, absolutely. let's not even get started on that. This country at the moment is a joke. Anyway, the monsters in film aren't as scary as the ones in real life. So let's keep talking about <laughs> In Fabric. Final, final thoughts. You, you recommend it. You, you do. Recommend yes, it. it's a great film. Yeah. Even if you don't want to look that deeply into it and all the consumerism, you can just sit there, zone out, and look at this wild, wacky ride. Yeah. With weird colours, vibrant colours, hypnosis working on you yeah. whilst watching this film yeah yeah it's it's i might even edit my my next video just with this on in the background and just see just see if i'm more or less productive that'd be interesting yeah the film is definitely a vibe it's not the killer dress you know it, it's no killer sofa but it's <laughs> it isn't, but, but no. it's still something very unique very offbeat very funny yeah, I, I think I think we might have undersold it a bit in this podcast, but you know, it, it's, there's nothing it's, more it's boring. It's a dry than it. sense of humor, though. Yeah. It's very dry. Like you don't like you just start laughing because some things are so strange. Yeah, bits, and then you start laughing because things are really funny. Like Adonis is really yeah. funny, and just and just sometimes how it's an awkward laugh like yeah. how long the camera will just linger on an awkward image and how long will the how long will the actors play it up will when will the director step in and yell cut i bet it was great to film i oh, bet yeah. it was a lot of fun particularly the riots at the end because the looting of the shop because you've just got these middle-aged women just like hitting each other over the head with the mannequin parts and smashing <laughs> Glass cabinets to, to rip the jewelry. steal shoes and stuff yeah. like yeah. While the, while the shop's on fire, but oh, they've got to get the pearl necklace before they go. But it's oh, don't ask where the pearl necklace came from. You don't know what the staff are up to in the middle of the night. So, <laughs> folks, I wondered if he was gonna make a joke about that. <laughs> uh, we're both as bad as each other. Folks, 
If you want to know more about our wonderful sense of humour, Yaz can explain where you can follow us on social media while I prepare the wheel, because we need to select our next episode. <laughs> we need to select the next podcast. Okay, so we are on Twitter at MonsterMonPod. We are on Instagram at MonsterMondayPod. And on Facebook, we're the same as Instagram. So, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Let's, let's find out what we're going to be talking about next week. I've got the wheel here ready to spin. Let's go. Uh, it nearly landed on Suspiria, which would have been fun to talk about. <laughs> but no, but next week we're going to be talking about... 2017's Revenge. Yeah, we're going to get Revenge for 2017. Looking forward to talking about that next week. So be sure to join us next week for more Monster Monday madness, fun talk. I try... I... I was going to promise, but I can't promise. Ooh. Try not to talk about consumerism and the way to the world yep. next week. Yeah, try not to talk. <laughs> However, I don't think it's going to go well. <laughs> no, exactly, because revenge is a notoriously light concept, isn't it? It's something really easygoing, something we're not going to have any sort of commentary on at all. Yeah, I'd just like to say, like, obviously these are opinions of our own, and if you disagree, that's completely fine too. They don't feel like we're trying to push an agenda on you. That's not what we're trying to do. These are just our own personal political views. Um, so please don't be offended. Mm. We're just having a bit of fun. Um, you believe what you want to believe, and we'll believe what we want to believe. So, folks, I'm taking. I'm putting betting odds on. Will it be before twenty minutes or after twenty minutes when Yaz makes her first anti-American comment? Join us next week. <laughs> Oh well, my god, I'm so sorry. I don't have anything against Americans, I promise, I promise. I just... Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, uh, my name is Will. No, you can't leave it on that. <laughs> anyway, my name is Will. My name is Yaz. And thanks for listening to the Monster Monday podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Yeah.